Today's guest is Stuart Sweezy, an author, filmmaker, and one-time event promoter of the Desolation Center Art and Music Festivals that birthed both Lollapalooza and Burning Man. Today he talks with Chris about his upcoming movie about those shows, which featured the Meat Puppets, the Minutemen, Sonic Youth, Mark Pauline, and his survival research labs. And as Perry Farrell said, that's where I got the idea for Lollapalooza, people. So here's Stuart and Chris talking about the good old days and how it birthed the madness of summer music festivals. <laughs> All righty. All righty, ready? Okay. Yeah. You definitely rule the barbecue. Uh, so another another adventure in podcasting. It's Chris Kirkwood podcast. The Chris Kirkwood podcast. It's right. the Chris broadcast. Kirkwood podcast. 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 Okay, let's start over. Ready? Oddcast. Oddcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> hi. Shit this is sling. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's another episode of it's the Chris Kirkwood podcast. Uh, brought to you by Bill Cody and Craig. Um, today, anyway, so we have, uh, Stuart Sweezy, uh, hey. he, uh, uh, is known for, uh, a lot of things. I think, didn't you, weren't you a co-owner of Amok Books here in... Yeah. And, uh... It, uh, co-founder of Amok Bookstore, Amok Dispatches, press, and, yeah. and, uh, that was... Didn't you guys do that great heavy metal book about Norwegian black uh, metal? I can't take credit for, for that one, uh, but it, it was an offshoot of people that we... Yeah, we all worked together at different times, but that was, uh, I forget. I mean, I know who the publisher was, was Feral House, but I don't remember the, the author at this point. Okay. But, yeah. Um, but uh, one of the most uh, well-known things that he did was uh, a couple of really wonderful shows that have become legendary back in the 80s, uh, one of which was uh, Joy at Sea with Chris Kirkwood and his brother in The Minutemen. And uh, also uh, a, a wonderful show that was is just recently mentioned in Kim Gordon's book is the best show that she has ever done, uh, or one of the best shows I think is how she referred to it. I should have the quotes anyway. Um, Amy, it featured uh, the Meat Puppets of Psycom, Perry Farrell's old band, and. So the two shows you're talking about, Bill. Hi, everybody. This is Chris Kirkwood of the Chris Kirkwood <laughs> Podcast Show. <laughs> I'm going to let you talk. <laughs> so we're talking about Joy at Sea that you put on, Stuart, yep. right? And the Gila Monster Jamboree, right? right? And we're talking with Stuart Swayze today. And, uh, you know, uh, Stuart put on a couple of shows a-, a while ago, right? Now they're pretty that, – that was a while ago now? We're talking the 84, 85. Yeah. So, I mean, so you do the math. It was a while know, ago. It, was, it wasn't yesterday. You know? <laughs> we did survive. <laughs> but they were both such exotic bitching shows. Kim had a good time at the Gila Monster Jamboree, and that's nice to hear. And I wish Kim all the very best and want to say hi to her, you know. And uh, and the rest of Sonic Youth, who are all pals and who I love, you know. And, and wasn't uh, that their first show out here? Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Was it? My recollection is that that was the very first West Coast show that Sonic Those Youth Those guys did? Yeah. Here's the bitching thing about Sonic Youth. This is the first time the fucking Meat Puppets ever played the East Coast, which is the other coast, apparently, right? <laughs> yeah, here's an interesting so. thing. You know, like directionalism, right? Who came up with West and East and North and South and all that kind of stuff? I mean, where did that come from? Is is that like that's science, or is that math? It's probably is, like the Romans or the Romans. Or something. Somebody, we'll, somebody we'll did. We'll look it up in a minute. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it all out. But either way, that that coast is considered the East Coast. I didn't know this was going to be such a challenging. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a quiz at the end of this, Stuart. So you're pretty fucking, you know, on I'm your. I'm thinking on before the Romans, toes. but what the hell? <laughs> so we go back east and play our first show in '82, right? And uh, we'd never gotten back that direction. We'd been coming out here for a while to Los Angeles, you know, because we're from Phoenix. And uh, we finally get around to, you know, heading east, as they call it, and wind up out on the coast out there in the city of New York, you know, and played a show. And I, 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 you know, you know, you know, I think I've told you this already, but, you know, we wind up, the gig was, the opening band was uh, Rick Rubin and Ad-Rock, I think, in a band called Hose. Right, Ad Rock from the Beasties and Rick, who you know went on to do all sorts of different cool stuff, you know, and and uh, then the next band was Sonic Youth, you know. So a few years later, they make it out here to the Gila Monster Jamboree that you put on. Yeah. So what the fuck? Why did you do that? Well, by that time, um, 
I had done two shows out in the desert. Uh, the first one was with the Minutemen and Savage Republic, which was, uh, a, a, I mean, they're still going, but it was with the original lineup. Uh, and, and Bruce from Savage Republic has a label, Independent Project Records, and he had this idea about making some kind of experimental film at, at this dry lake bed. So I, I knew those guys, and I was like, hey, what if we, you know, instead of doing a show at a club or, or like you were saying, you know, renting halls, like the, which was the usual kind yeah. of mo back then what if we did it just out in the middle of the desert and bruce was like i got the spot i talked to the minutemen they were down for it so that was the, that was the first show um we just took three school buses out there and for the minutemen fans out there there's one track tune for wind god that joe biza from sacrum trust played on which the, the, we had one generator right so the 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 there wasn't really enough juice to actually record the vocals. So the only thing they could really get out of it was an instrumental track. But anyway, it exists. Um, and uh, then I, I went just backpacking around Europe. I decided I was going to take off for a while. Met the people from Einsturzen and Neubauten, mm. the, the German industrial guys that played, uh, you know, cement grinders what the and fuck was power that? tools german and... that's german shit you know? they, got a history. <laughs> they, they took the industrial thing very very uh that literally. country's got history yeah yeah right i mean going back to dada and all that yeah, so and something else <laughs> yeah so uh so that was my second desert show and then uh i didn't know that yeah so that was the lead up to joy at sea and then i was like well i've done two desert shows um how can i mix this up you know, and I mean, I could go into more about the the, the second desert show. Uh, Boyd Rice was there. Who, Boyd, who you fucking know. non. Yeah. Oh, Boyd, dear old pal, you know, introduced me to a whole new headspace. Well, Boyd did a thing where he was lying on a bed of nails, and Alex was one of the guys from Einsturz and Neubauten. I think he was about eighteen then. He had a, a like a, a big sledgehammer, and he broke a big rock on Boyd's chest, which was all mic'd with contact mics. That was like bouncing God around. God damn, see what I'm talking about? <laughs> now, now he's just introduced me to a whole new headspace. <laughs> now, now, see that? Do, do, is there anything of this? Here's my I, unfortunately, I do not have, here's a board I haven't seen it yet if it exists. But here's, a, here's a Boyd Rice story that I like, right? Boyd, yeah. Boyd, you know, we got to know Boyd Rice. Boyd Rice was a one-man band called Non, N-O-N, and uh, he was uh, definitely like a, Progenitor, right, or whatever, wasn't he? Of like, I fucking, would say, of, of you know, of, of noise, of of like, you know, yeah. just just you know, he was the next step in a certain kind of a thing, you know. It goes back to Eno in a lot of ways, you know. Right. It goes back to the fucking Beatles. Ultimately, it goes back to caveman. Everything does, you know, whatever the fuck, you know. It's all just people doing stuff, but you know, Boyd was, uh, you know, right on the uh, on a on a cool fucking edge of of goofball shit, right, and and uh, once we got to know him through the monitor, folks. He told us about, oh, this is great. One time I'm just tripping balls, right, out at Lori and, 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 and Steve's house out in Van Nuys, the bass player and the fucking uh, keyboard player from Monitor. And uh, I'm listening to Creedence, right? <laughs> and it's like, that was cotton fields back home. When them cotton balls get rotten, you can't pick very much cotton, right? And I'm like, oh, blissed out and like, you know, fuck, LSD's so cool, you know? And Boyd comes in and he's like, Oh my God! Who could listen to this shit, right? You know? So I was like, "Wait a minute, what? Wait." <laughs> so Boyd apparently, he told us that apparently he had gone down. This is the '70s. He goes down when Mrs. Ford. It was Gerald, the president of Ford, right? Or no, the Ford president, right? Uh, Betty, right? Betty Ford, exactly, yeah. right? So she's like visiting San Diego, and he goes down. He goes, he stops by like a butcher shop or something, and he gets a fucking sheep's head, right? And he puts it on like a sandwich board, and like you know, I mean, it's a you know the desiccated fucking noodle of a fucking farm animal, and he, he goes down. And he gets in line with like these women that are waiting to meet Mrs. Ford, right? Mm -hmm. You know, which is pretty fucking arty, right? Yeah, you know? and. uh <laughs> And the Secret Service actually snatches him up out of the line. Whoa. You know? And takes him back and tells him, you know, we know that you've been doing these fucking, uh, these covert activities in San Diego. Nice. You know what I mean? That's, were, when, that's when the Secret Service was really doing their job and not just going and picking up prostitutes. Getting stoned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Boom, boom, boom. They actually did their job you know? back then. And, 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 <laughs> and that goes back to, like, the Zeros, you know? Mm -hmm. The Escovedo brothers and stuff, you know? And... Some bitch in San Diego rock, you know, and and uh, 
I don't know. That's all. You know, Boyd. I, Boyd. Boyd blew my fucking shit out of the water. I. I that was. Well, you know. That's what I think is so cool about like people like you and, and Mike Watt too. That you know, you guys have made so much music, but you're still so open to like the experiment. You know what I mean? That just the outright noise and you know, like like Mike was at the uh, the Neubauten show that I was talking about. You know, and he said that was the last time he ever took mushrooms. <laughs> but that German that German uh, industrial rock will put you off psychedelic yeah yeah i don't know if there's a connection there or not but but uh the, the thing is that he had so much appreciation for like how primal the whole Le thing was even though not, you know he's an amazing learn, musician learn that too. at home kids though like if the... you're if you still want to take uh, psychedelics don't listen to the uh you know well maybe craft well, i don't no. know I mean, maybe, maybe chris <laughs> uh, would disagree the beginning of my fucking serious ear damage right you know yeah. like i have professional fucking you know ear damage you know what i mean and i remember it was monitor was in town it was out in phoenix and we were talking about it with with michael it was the first time i saw the minimum was at this fucking wrestling arena this guy was putting on some shows tony victor was putting on shows in phoenix at this fucking wrestling arena madison square gardens they called it you know and uh then those guys came out to town monitor and boyd came out you know and shit you know doink that's the indicator this is the fucking you know, that means, you know, we were hammered, right? So, and, and I stood right in front of the fucking monitor, right in front of the PA as Boyd did that shit. And it was so bitching. I mean, he developed, he made that little noise generator himself and stuff. But anyways, you know, and then that record, that, uh, you know, one of the coolest things artistically, record-wise, back when there was vinyl, Boyd had that album with the offset hole. Pagan music? That was so badass. The yeah. offset hole. That means an infinity essentially right because there's always a smaller right. diversion you know what i mean so yeah i remember that record you know that you so ultimately it. you know it, it would turn in a, in a fucking like an oblong you know direction and, and scratch over all the different tracks so ultimately there's an, inf an an infinite number of variations that can be achieved you know by the thing fucking spinning around oblongly like that so anyways what about that fucking gig on that boat let's okay. talk about so, that so so moving on uh, people were like, well, you did these desert shows, and I felt like I needed to switch it up. And so I just, in a very simple-minded way, said, well, desert, water. Do the opposite. Hey. <laughs> so that's where it started. Like, it's something to do with water. And then and then the Minutemen being from San Pedro, and I don't, I don't know if you got into all that, but, but you know, that's really, like, been a big inspiration of their music and who they were. And, and uh, so I thought, well, if the Minutemen will do this, we should do a... But a show on a boat going around San Pedro Harbor. How did we get involved? Of, well, I I think that uh, it must have been a mind meld between me and D Boone and and Watt and George that get the meat puppets if they'll do it, you know, kind of thing. Because we were all like such we were just fans, you know. I mean, uh, and you knew them by that point. Yeah, I knew those dudes by then. And uh, so so I was like, well, that would be kind of the ultimate bill i mean you know and that was and it was it it, it and, just was. and what i thought was really cool at that time i mean I, I remember even thinking it then was like i could go see what i consider to be like the two best bands in the world and there'll be like you know maybe 50 other people there totally you know <laughs> <laughs> and and it, and it's sort of time has sort of proven that to be true you guys really were at you know but um so i thought we'll put everybody on a boat and uh so we we had to talk a whale watch boat into allowing us to that's what that boat was yeah the, the, the mv cormorant was was basically a whale watch boat and then it was uh, called the mv cormorant yes yeah and uh they were a little hesitant you know uh while you guys everyone was loading in and stuff like that i i recently got together with the sound guy ed and uh it was like yeah they were trying to like pull away from the dock before we could like Bring the PA onto the boat. Let those people on the boat. They're the band. <laughs> just like, no. Which I didn't realize that was going on. You know, I was oblivious. But um, it's not the first time that's happened. Then. <laughs> so we got like you know uh, at least almost 300 you know uh, whatever you want to call us back then punk rockers and and other you know people that were into weird music and uh, packed everybody. In and uh, you know, there's a mosh pit in front of the stage, it wasn't huge. And and D Boone was uh, you know, doing his thing, jumping up and down. The the, the um stacks of, of amps were kind of lashed down with ropes, but they were swinging back and forth. And, and right at the edge of the fucking boat, you know, you showed me those pictures. Stuart and I talked a little bit because you're doing a documentary about yeah. those shows, right? And then you showed me some of the pictures 
that had been taken back then, and I hadn't seen any of that, you know, since the show happened, you know what I mean? And seeing us, we're like right on the edge of the fucking thing, and I mean, it take me, takes me back, you know? And there, right in front of the stage, is D, you know? Yeah. Right in front of us while, as we're playing. Hey, everybody, it's Chris, and I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you all a little bit about the good folks at Wellspring Collective. If you're searching for a recreational dispensary in Denver, then Wellspring Collective is the place for you. With one of the city's largest selections of edibles and extracts, Wellspring Collective offers a wide range of marijuana products to recreational adults. Their high-quality cannabis products, knowledgeable staff, attentive customer service, and safe, professional environment set them apart from other recreational dispensaries in Denver to meet your buying needs. I invite you to browse through their menu, check out their specials, and contact them with any questions you may have about recreational marijuana. Wellspring Collective is located in Denver at 1724 South Broadway along the stretch of road called the Green Mile. That's 1724 South Broadway in Denver, Wellspring Collective, for all your recreational marijuana needs. What a, what a beautiful, beautiful evening that was, you know? That's my re- well, recollection. I, of thanks, it. And, and I completely agree. Like, I just, I have still really strong memories of, of the boat going out and, and going under the St. Vincent under Bridge. Under the bridge. And, and you guys, that's when you guys were playing. Yeah. And, and I don't know, you went into, like, Good Golly Miss Molly or something <laughs> like that. Something that sort of ZZ Top-esque. And, and it was uh, it was just really cool. Yeah. yeah. And and just the whole, the whole, I mean, you guys always rose to the occasion, you know? Whatever it was, like musically, you kind of just did everything, you know, right. I think so. It was uh, for me. It was it was a great I set. Guess. The Minutemen, <laughs> Minutemen were awesome that night. And uh, and I, I look back good. on it, at, you know, as a grown up, I'm like, wow, nobody fell overboard. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, those photos you had that I was looking at. It was like, God damn, we're right on the edge of the fucking boat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, good Christ. You know, but beautiful, beautiful, magical shit. And then. A few months later, we go back to the desert. Yeah. So, so Sonic Youth, um, the kind of the backstory of why we were all there uh, it, when when it's the coldest possible time to be out in the desert, January fifth, um, was because Kim and Thurston were out to visit uh, Kim's parents um, for Christmas, and they're like, "If you can put a show together, like we'll play." And you had a record label. No, you know that that's it was actually that's a friend she of mine, Michael Shepard. She seems to think that you had a record label. I know. That's I have to talk to Kim anyway. about that. <laughs> okay. Well, no, but there's a guy named well, Michael Shepard. Pub- now that it's been published, if yes. you know anything about the internet, those are the facts now, Stuart. Whether you disagree with them or not, you owned a record label. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I put out a lot of half Japanese records on that label. <laughs> but but I uh, smell a lawsuit. <laughs> Be that as it may, um, so, so so they were out here. Visiting they were Kim's out folks. here, and and, and it was kind of like I had seen them in Berlin. I was like a, into the their live thing, and I thought, well, this is my next desert show. It's going to be with with these guys. And then you guys, the Meat Puppets, were I don't know. I think everyone kind of acknowledged that you got to do a desert show with the Meat Puppets, you know, and and um, so so that seemed like a really good bill, and then. They were big fans of Red Cross um, at the time, so so that was it. All sort of came together, and uh, again, you guys were down. You know, called you up. You're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. be there. Yeah. And uh, so so I had sort of mixed it up a little bit in the sense of before I would only bring people out in school buses. What was like part of the deal because I knew I could sell tickets, and I knew they would actually you know help pay the bands and <laughs> <laughs> the PAA and all that stuff. And it wasn't really. Uh, making much money on these things if any but um the school bus thing also allowed people to you know pretty much get as uh messed up as they wanted come on now come on now (laughs) but uh this show i I, everybody's like no we want to drive we want to take the bus we want to drive so anyway it was a little bit more of an open there were like multiple maps weren't there right it was like there was a a checkpoint in victorville which if if you know and then you get the next little fucking cute Q paper. Right, right. And then you could eventually drive out on this uh, dirt road to, to the dry lake bed. And um, so it was uh, It was like a moonlit night out. Wasn't that beautiful you know, as fuck? Yeah. And, and one quick question. How many people do you think were there? Eight million. <laughs> Eight million. No, well, I'm going to say like 400. Okay. I mean, Dave Markey, I think he, he estimated it in, your, in the Meat Puppets book like three or 400. Yeah, I, I don't really... Uh, 
I, I've heard varying things, but yeah. I, I, as I told you, I, I, I think I've met at least 10,000 people who were there <laughs> from that period. So uh, I, I've always wanted to get kind of like the actual numbers. There weren't that many people out there, were there? No. There weren't, there weren't 10,000. No, no. I think no. what Bill's no, saying I'm, is... I'm, I mean, 10,000 people have claimed to have been there. Right, right. You no, know, I, know. I you know. See, I had the same reaction when he told me that. Yeah. Because I, I went to see you guys, and, and, and Bill was telling it, me that 10,000 people. And I was like, what? And then I, I realized that, like, you know, over time, things take on, like, a legendary and that's thing. A, and then people's memories kind of, you know... I, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting, like, uh, like a human trait, you know what I mean? How time gives things relevance, you know? Uh, and how all of it, ultimately, though, is only human crap. You know what I mean? It's just the fucking little, I mean, it's meat puppets. You know what I mean? It's fucking little fucking hairless monkeys, you know, squ you know, scrabbling around on a fucking dust moat in the middle of fucking forever for nothing. You know what I mean? So that's cool, though. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> if the music didn't sound disagree. so good, it really would have been meaningless. But, yeah. But um, that was such a fucking blast, dude. Cool. I was stoned off my fucking ass, all right? This show, if nothing else, is about, you know, the positive side of drug abuse, okay? <laughs> and well, that night, man, I was hammered like a motherfucker, you know? And I think everybody else was. And uh, So we've been wondering... I don't think that day. matters, though. You know what I mean? Those That's like enhancements. Drugs are like food, you know? I think it's probably a, a good show with or without. Yeah, that. no, the drugs drugs didn't matter, and I wasn't stoned, and I've never done drugs. <laughs> I've I, heard that. No, I'm, I'm fucking, you know, you know, I'm Captain America. And I, I, you know, I... Nor have I. I've never done anything myself. You, either. Bill, have <laughs> always been on the straight and narrow. That's uh, why I met Bill. Bill was uh, running the straight and narrow club, Really? Down in fucking, where you don't get Stoneville, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we were wondering about, you know, because you, 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 you guys were like, turn out the lights, you know. We, okay, I remember the lights going out, right? Yeah. And in my memory, which ain't for fuck, you know, I thought maybe the lights went out because the gods wanted them to go out. Right, yeah. but we asked for the lights to be turned out. You, yeah, you started your set, and, and the only reason I can say this with any authority is because I actually started because I'm working on the documentary. I'm starting to get, get together with people like Dave Travis that was out there videotaping it, right. and uh, he showed me some footage. And he goes, "Check this out. The meat puppets said to turn out the lights." And, and we like, said to turn the lights yeah, out. Yeah, That's <laughs> fucking righteous. Because he was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. This is an awesome set, but like I couldn't videotape it because the lights were off, you know. And I was like, "But the." That's so cool, like just to like even enhance it more with the with the moon and just you know the actual desert experience. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And I think that's one of the things about the fucking uh, whole thing that we've all gone through, you know, artistically. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe, maybe that's bitching. You know, is that like we could do that? You know, we could just you know put on a show out in the fucking desert. You know, and then turn the fucking lights out, you know? And everybody have a good goddamn time getting to a different place in a way, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I love about the arts. I mean, it's one of the reasons that I got into it, you know? I, I could have done whatever. I'm a fucking white guy in, in fucking America, you know what I mean? And I could have, you know, not done the arts. But, I mean, because of that, because of the being here and who I am and whatnot, I mean, I actually decided that the best use of my being would be to... I don't know, go into the, you know, some place that was considerational of what it is to fucking exist, you know? Because it's a strange thing, you know? We're only here for a fucking second. You know, we didn't ask to be. I mean, it's ultimately what the band is all about, you know? You look at the band's fucking name and everything, you know? We're just, right. You know? Yeah, you guys had that, that concept early. Oh, the... definitely, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it just, uh, and, and I love that about that. I love it about that. And I think that's what gives it a lot of, a lot of heft, you know? It's like... Or it's what, you know, matters to me to the degree that it does, you know. It's just, it's something that, you know, it's, it's like science without, you know, like all the fucking, you know, hard work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like, you know, you've, uh, whatever you want to say, like you, you have taken so many chances over time. It's, you know, like. <laughs> and some it, of them haven't gone that well. Yeah, well, you know, it wins some, lose some. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, easy for me to say, right? But, um, you know, in terms of, of audiences, 
you know, like I would show up to see the Meat Puppets and I would just be laughing my ass off because like I, I felt like I was kind of in on the joke, even though with, with you and Kurt, there was still like a level that maybe none of us really quite got to. But I, I still felt like there was other people that were just either pissed, like these guys don't make sense or this music's too loud or, you know, and I mean, but you guys were just, you know, creating your own reality. And, and that's just like another example of it. Yeah. I mean, but, and, and, and that's the thing that I think, you know, we... We did. We did that. You know, we purposely did that. You know, it was like there's a certain point where like it just the line cut off, you know, or it's just like this is what's going to happen artistically. You know what I mean? And I think that those nights that you put on, you know, with us, which are some of my most fucking favorite memories, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I agree. Kim, Kim, Kim uh, Gordon from Sonic Youth has a book, a book now. Out. Yeah. yeah. And she's. Probably as relevant as as anyone is right now. I mean, it's like a, a big deal. And what's the name the of the book? book? It's called uh, "Girl in a Band." Girl in a Band. Yeah. And Kim, you know, you know, she's a girl in a band. She played fucking bass in Sonic Youth, and she wrote a book. And she said that that show, out in the desert, was one of her favorite shows in the book. Yes. Is that right? Like, okay. I think she says uh, I, I should have looked it up, but it. She says it's like one of my one or two favorite shows you know of all I mean? time. Yeah. And, well, and so so this. This is something that like has relevance in currency today. And I was also going to mention, like, Perry Farrell's always said that this is the genesis of his original Lollapalooza, which... Oh, and and Perry was, was opening for you guys That's in his other, earlier band. Another band, Psycom, yeah. Perry. He, even prior to that, you know, Perry, I was roommates with him. Uh, he, we used to take tickets for the bus, you know, he would... And, and the, you know, so uh, Perry was very involved. And who, you know... Did did you get any money off that uh, Lollapalooza? They're still doing those shows. You know, yeah, you no, get, get that, that's where it all no, became me, very. Uh, <laughs> me and Stuart both. Let's not talk about. Let's not talk about that. Where's my gold slippers? By the way. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, but but you know, I mean, Lollapalooza is such a different thing than than what I was doing. But the the point is that Perry, I guess, was inspired by it to put these elements together. It's funny, my my friend uh, Mariska, who has helped me with a lot of the, the shows over the years, was one of the founders of Amok Books with me too. She was like, well, you know, I took Perry to the Us Festival also. Oh, so God. He doesn't talk about that. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. inspiring Lollapalooza. That's inspiring. But, but you know, Festival. so it was more like the idea of putting together the alternative stuff with the big Us Festival kind of thing. I think in, somehow it all clicked in his head. But he's always he's always mentioned Desolation Center and, you know, which I think is, is really cool. And the drummer of Psycom, I have to give credit, Aaron, uh, was a guy who... Uh, did construction and he built the stage for joy at sea so he showed up because i was really worried about like got this whale watch boat how am i going to hold the band you know, the and the amps and the, the goddamn apparent, i mean and aaron was just like don't worry about it you know I'll, i'm gonna bring some wood he was the one that did it yeah so he just like showed up and started putting down those boards and it held up d boone you know uh which is a force of jumping nature. up and down and and uh, doing his thing so anyway uh it was you know i, I feel like all I was, in a way, was an instigator. I'd say, like, hey, let's do this. And it was all, everybody sort of filling in these different aspects of it, and, you know, whether it be the music or the, you know, the logistics or the sound or, you know. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's something that we've always relied on in a way, you know what I mean? It's just the opportunity to make little fucking music, you know what I mean? And and it's because of folks like you actually doing something. And, I mean, the ones that you did, those were far out as fuck. They, they were cool. They're absolutely cool. No, so I mean, talk. I mean, now you're making, huh? Literally, that show has taken on legendary status. Really? Yeah. No, it absolutely has. Especially so, in like, California. legendary, like my hair is now golden, and, and I, I, I <laughs> yeah, soar yeah. amongst the clouds. Well, no, I mean, it's like <laughs> it, me too. There, 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 Come there with are, me, Stuart. Hold my hand. You know, when, when, when Bob was here the other Wait. day, he was like, "I wanted to go to that show, and I couldn't." <laughs> Bob Forrest was here, and he was like, he he couldn't figure out the maps or whatever. And, yeah, he eventually gave up. You know, but, Bob uh, has some that problems. was the cutoff. Bob, yeah. Bob the people that couldn't problems. read the maps didn't make it. <laughs> Although some of the people, I don't know how they got there, because there was one guy that was—he's uh, sort of legendary. Love to find him now, because he got hold of the microphone before any of the bands were playing. He just was going like, "We're in the desert. We're in the desert." You know, that was more your uh, original hardcore element. That was, uh, but it started to sound like Jim Jones at Jonestown. Ah, oh, sweet. It's just sort of reverberating. Yeah. Lay down, <laughs> anyway, so children. There's some things that I've, you know, I, I kind of remembered it, but then, you know, when I watched that tape with Dave Chaps, he goes, oh, this is, this is the we're in the desert guy. <laughs> ah, know? trippy. Hey, everybody, it's Chris Kirkwood. If you're searching for a recreational dispensary in Denver, then the right place to check out is Wellspring Collective. 
Wellspring Collective's high-quality cannabis products set them apart from other recreational dispensaries in Denver to meet your buying needs. Browse through their menu, check out their specials, and contact them with any questions you may have about recreational marijuana. Wellspring Collective is located in Denver at 1724 South Broadway, along the stretch of road called the Green Mile. Wellspring Collective, the place to go for all of your marijuana needs. So you're tape. making a movie about the gigs. Yeah. The Desolation Center gigs. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've worked at this point, you know, I worked on a documentary uh, with, with a friend of mine um, called Better Living Through Circuitry that was all about the rave culture and electronic music and... Uh, I, I, f- I worked in TV, and I felt like um, I should do something that I'm really excited about. And I started to see this footage surfacing, like on YouTube and stuff like that, of, of these now, shows. H- how much footage is there? Because that's the other thing. Kim says you can see, like, Mike Kelly, the famous artist, out there next to the stage. Obviously, these guys. and Yeah. And various... There's a lot. It, it, uh... it, it's a little bit like, you know, it, like the famous uh, Sex Pistols uh show that there's like a hundred people and like 60 of them started bands and you can see i don't know if you ever seen that picture where you, they circle the clash and Susie and the banshees and shane mcgowan it's like there's nobody there at the show and yet everybody there started some band that you know went on so well i i've found that uh i didn't realize the footage was there or there was people i knew that had videotaped it that i'd never gotten the footage so there's actually Really, uh, after the first one, um, there's there's footage of, of you know, I'm sure it's annoying about out there. There's also uh, Survival Research Laboratory blowing up refrigerators oh, out man. in the desert. Oh, when was yeah. that? That was the that was the Neubauten show where that oh, boy so, okay, did the so thing. Okay, so there is a tie-in there too. Yes, right. right. Which right. goes Mark guys, Pauline. Okay, far out. Wh- which also Mark was so far out. I met that dude through monitor and boy okay. right you know, right we go up to fucking san francisco's san francisco's it's a, there's three of them <laughs> can tell you're excited <laughs> and uh we're driving through town and there's a restaurant called charlie's right so we gots to eat at charlie's right because <laughs> as fucking, in charlie, charlie motherfucker manson you know and uh who those people were interested in and i you know i mentioned briefly to you as we were talking you know earlier about how we used to go out at Spawn Ranch and yeah. soak up that vibe, you know, it was cool shit. And I mean, I mean, I mean, it's awful, you know, what happened and anybody fucking hurting anybody else. I'm not, you know, a, a big fan of unless I am, you know what I mean. But, but mostly, you know, I mean, so we eat at Charlie's and then we go actually went by Mark's place, and he'd like blown off his fucking fingers, you know, doing his art. Yeah, and it was just and he had. Th- Three toes put in where his fingers just hellish shit, you know. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, and yet so I mean, really far out shit, you know what I mean? Considering that, like, art to me was like this place that like I could like, you know, hide my fucking you know, fucking homosexuality, you know, kind of mask it with like you know this like curly hair mm-hmm. and a fucking uh, and uh, and and self loathing, you know what I mean? <laughs> But, I mean, I was just bitching, you know, so the, that guy was involved in stuff. Really arty shit, really yeah. cool shit, you know? And that was another thing where it was Alex from Einstein's and about and said, hey, what if what if Mark Pauline came down and, like, did something? And I, you know, because I don't know if we already said this, but he, at the time, was building these big robots totally. that were sort of uh, attacking each other. Insane. But they had animal Blowing parts up, put on Tearing off his and, fingers. Yeah. And so I was kind of imagining these robots fighting others, like, like, you know, whatever, 20 years before BattleBots. But, you know, it wasn't really practical for him to do that. So he just scrounged around the desert, brought some TNT, and blew up refrigerators Oh, instead. sweet. Yeah. Sweet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Explosives are always what, a, a fucking plot. Knowing get, that people are tripping. Just... What do you get TNT at the last minute? Is it like... From Mark Pauline. He's got a big pile of it. Yeah, I think he probably you know, had to make it himself. To that, you know, finger stumps. Yeah, the only other person I've known that had the missing fingers was this guy, uh, Kurt Saxon, that used to do the poor man's James Bond books. And he was saying okay. how, you know, it's really easy to make black powder. You can do it yourself, you know. And so I, we used to sell all this stuff at my bookstore. I also had his video of, of how to do it, you know. And then he holds up his hand. And it's like three fingers. Missing. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really Go easy. Ahead. Have at. <laughs> of course, black powder was developed by the Chinese, right? Wasn't it, I believe? Uh, I believe I, so. I, I'm... If that's the same Possibly. as gunpowder, then yeah. That, that. It, it, yeah, gunpowder and that kind of thing. Right. You know, explosives, that kind of thing. And pasta. And they, it was brought back to Europe. By Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Yeah. 
sweet. Now we've tied this all together. And yeah, this, Marco, of course, is, is the same name in, you know, in a different language as Mark. So there's Marco Polo well, and there's and Mark he's Pauline. Of Italian descent. Oh, Paulino Pauline is Polo. Real, uh, oh goddamn! Let's blow yeah. our fingers off. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so where was I going with that? I, so, so I think we were asking you about the movie and oh, how you decided. Right. To... Well, anyway, so so I was excited to find out that that there's people that have kept their videotape, and uh, I'm starting to get it all digitized. And I'm, I, I, you know, I've got Joy at Sea footage. Uh, there's a guy in Eureka named Well, I know him as Eureka Mike, who was used to live down here and. He videotaped that show, and uh, he just started putting it up on YouTube. And that's what, you know, when, when I saw, like, D. Boone, uh, you know, doing Little Man with a Gun in His Hand or, or something like that, it just, it did bring chills to me. And and I was like, I got to do something with this. I got to put this together. And I, so I enjoy the process of tracking all this stuff down and getting the archival footage and things like that. But I also wanted to talk to people that were there and get get those stories, the first person stories from people like Chris and you know. So, so how much footage do you have, and what's the? Do you have good decent sound or? Uh, well, the sound is decent, <laughs> um, but there's uh, actually Gila Monster Jamboree Meat Puppet set is is recorded really well. It's it's uh, Derek has it up on a site and uh, I downloaded. Does he? It. Yeah, and it's in. I don't know. I, I'm not a. <laughs> Music, dude, but it's in FLAC format, which I guess is better than FLAC or something. Anyway, it's like high high res audio, and it sounds great. Yeah, so people can download that. Far out. Um, The the Sonic Youth stuff was put out by Flipside. um, Oh, cool. Oh, so they recorded it, and they have footage too, right? Yeah, yeah. So and 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 so everything from Gila Monster Jamboree, uh, Dave Travis has now, and there's crazy stuff too. um, People that. You know, uh, just people that were part of the scene. Uh, Jeannie Brooks hanging out with, you know, the guys from Red Cross and just saying, I'm Mariah. You know, <laughs> like just. So this would be uh, like Woodstock for the, the punk rock generation? Well, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that. Like, because what was Woodstock compared to this? Woodstock was a giant thing that meant a lot to a whole generation. This was, to me, I kind of look at it from my point of view as making someone making a documentary. It's more like Dogtown and Z Boys, you know, the way Stacy Peralta did a documentary skateboarding. about the skateboarding scene in Venice, the first guys to go around swimming pools, because really there weren't that many people there. Nobody cared. Forty years later, skateboarding is is, is a huge thing in, in the whole world. And so he kind of I, I really admired the way he brought that stuff to life too, he where he was time. able to use a few stills and, you know, put motion into it and stuff like that. So um, and then he interviewed all the people that were his pals back then, you know, Tony Alva and whoever. So um, to me, it was more, it's more like a ripple effect thing because there weren't that many people there. But all the people that were involved have gone on to do cool, and, or not all, but many have gone on to have great careers and do cool stuff. You know, um, Ron Athey is a, is a performance guy that... Uh, I've has, seen Ron Athey uh, cut himself up and uh, do his... Uh... Yeah, I mean, and he's like a whole other side, you know, kind of a gay S&M art world person that, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, you wouldn't expect necessarily Ron to have been there, but, you know, he was, he used to go out with Roz from Christian Death, and he was part of the scene. So I'm kind of, I think it's interesting to see how, how diverse things were still, even even in 85, you know, um, in terms of what the L.A. scene was or whatever. So also kind of... Uh, yeah, just, um, I mean, there's something in talking to Watt about uh, this stuff that, and I'm not sure, I'm sure I'm not going to quite get it right, but it's basically, D. Boone said, punk is what we made it to be, you know, and he made that into like a bumper sticker or whatever. To me, if there was a simple version of, of kind of what I think is interesting about all the stuff that was going on around that time is that idea that of not having limits and pushing things in different directions and having experiences for their own sake, like, I just felt like it was time to take things out of nightclubs and and put this music into a different setting, and so that was going to be my contribution, you know. But that's kind of uh, how I'm looking at it: is how a few people can make a big difference. Oh, and that's what it was. I mean, ultimately, you know, we fucking played a gig on a boat, <laughs> we played out in the fucking desert. You know what I mean? That's good shit. Yeah, you know? it's a cool thing to do. It's a cool place to take the music to, you know. And I mean, and to me, I mean personally, it's a, it's like a. a a very sweet fucking memory, you know, both of the gigs, you know, because there were pals of mine. I mean, the Miniman gig, that thing on the boat was just absolutely fucking, you know, just so cheering because, you know, I'm not 
I'm kind of fucking withdrawn and creepy, you know, and, 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 you know, don't have a lot of friends for a good reason, you know what I mean? But, like, the Minutemen were some people that I really, really fucking, you know, dug musically and liked as people and stuff, you know, and they actually wind up on a fucking boat, you know, floating around playing some, some songs with those guys, you know, stunning shit, you know. And then the fucking desert, you know, I mean, we're from Phoenix, you know, so that's an environment that I feel comfortable in. I feel comfortable being a little bit, you know, lit up out there, you know what I mean? And back then it was like, yeah, we got, you know, it was it was a, a colorful evening, you know what I mean? And and uh, it's bitching, it's bitching. Take the fucking music out, of, out to a different place. I mean, because ultimately, I mean, it's like, well, I got into doing this, you know what I mean? I didn't get into it to be some fucking rock star, you know? And it's fine. If I had become a rock star, it would have been fucking fine, you know? I have more money. And it would allowed me to, it allowed us to put more back into the fucking art. You know what I mean? That's one of the things that it kind of bummed me out in a way that never happened. It didn't bum me out. It obviously did, though, because I'm a fucking weak person. And, you know, we can get back into the self-loathing side of things or whatever. But <laughs> it's just, you know, you know, it would have been bitching to, like, put funnel, you know, if that had to happen, you know, to put it back into the fucking whole experience, you know, fuck the lights off, you know, and some of these guys did this, you know, Perry did it, I thought, you know, yeah. definitely, the Chili's, you know, some of my pals have managed to have the opportunity to do that, where your sound reinforcement is as fucking nice as it can be, you know what I mean, so right. that ultimately the experience that you're going for, you know, but that didn't matter, it didn't matter that it didn't happen, you know, it just happened to not have, in our case, particularly, is this creepy? We can edit this out too. So, uh, no, I think you're going someplace, and I think, I, I think that's what's going to be really kind of great when you get this movie done, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. Is I I think all this stuff is coming back, and I think you know uh, whether it's it's the connection right now that's going on with 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 your you know the things that happened in the '80s are having influence right now. In the art world, young kids are interested in it. I, I I think it is going back in, whether you realize it or not, in a different way. Ew. <laughs> well, okay. <Creepy. laughs> or or not. <laughs> well, I mean, the question is, what what would it be? I, I guess to me, it's like because because you know, in, in the thirty years that have, have elapsed or whatever, like technology is different. You know, people are asking like, well, how did you go about organizing things? And and you could, you could you could do a lot of things. Obviously, with with cell phones and you know, uh, yeah, but that, that would have taken stuff. some of the fun out of it if everybody had cell phones and they just texted. Oh, like where is that checkpoint? And then right, you know, there was something really cool. Uh, and again, I don't mean to be like nostalgic or whatever, but about the fact you had to tell people, be here at this time, show up or forget it. You know, it just wasn't going to happen. You know, and uh, so I just feel like um, if it can inspire people to push the limits. In terms of what's what they can do now, that that would be my. I don't care about idea. that part of it. Yeah, I only care about my my my, my the <laughs> part that I fan? played in it and how yeah. it strokes my fucking ego. You know? <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I it was just fucking bitching. I mean, it's like what I was talking about. I mean, we're t you know, the reason you know that I got into doing this in the in, in the first place in any way, you know, and uh, like I was saying, I mean, I suddenly went off on a little tangent about how it would have been, you know. To me, you, guys, you guys did pretty damn to, well. I mean, you know, in terms. Well, we've of, certainly uh, have allowed. You know, we've certainly had our fucking you know way with the art being what the fuck we wanted it to be. You know, and and come hell or high water and fuck everything. Period. You know what I mean? So and and I give a lot of credit. I mean, I give all the credit in the fucking world to my brother for that. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, you know and. I think that those shows were representative of just the, 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 the some of the loveliest shit that I like about this crap, you know what I mean? I mean, it's a fucking tough road to hoe. I mean, why are we? Why humankind? Why not dinosaurs, you know what I mean? Where'd the fucking dinosaurs go? What was wrong with them? Why didn't they wear clothing? Why didn't they play punk rock? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and why do we do both of those things, you know what I mean? Well, and, some of them have little fingers. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, the ba you know what I mean? Hard, you know, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get there. You, know? you and Mike, you know, you definitely have the, intelligence. the bass playing can be very difficult if you're a brontosaurus. If you're a brontosaurus, you know, or it's a fucking, the T-Rex, of course, he would always bite the bass. He would bite the bass yeah. in, the, in, the, in the body, mm -hmm. thinking it was some sort of a fucking little... Pterodactyls would have to be... a little doggy named Princess. Pterodactyls would have to be lead singers, right? Because they have no... Yeah. Well, so to to you know to 
express yourself through the you know means that we have i mean it just happened to be the way that i did it ultimately i i think obviously living is about you know the time that you're here you know and and people get a handle on it to the degree that they do and i want to you know i just i want to make a fucking noise you know and to have the opportunity to make some fucking noise you know in in those unique circumstances was a joy it was an absolute joy it was a joy at sea and it was goddamn Gila Monster Jamboree. You know what I'm fucking talking about? Let's talk about the fucking Gila Monsters. Those things are pretty much dinosaurian in nature. For sure, yeah. You know? And, and uh, can I just say, it, it's really, really cool to be here now and talking about all these years later. Be here now. Thank you. Be now here. <laughs> yeah. Be nowhere. Yeah, but as far as Gila Monsters, you know, they, they are little dinosaurs. Yeah, I mean, they gotta be, right? They're nasty they're, little they're, dinosaurs. They're freaky looking I'll shoot it. Yeah. I'll shoot a Gila Monster in the forehead. So that was some of my, you know, uh, the, the the naming of the events was kind of like like joy at sea. I mean, everything back then was like secret hate or whatever, you know. And I just didn't secret hate. I didn't want to do that, that you know. No, no, no offense to that band. I don't remember what they sound like, but um, I, I just was trying to cut against a little bit. And the Minutemen had a, a EP called More Joy, and you know, and with the Gila Monster Jamboree, it was it was just you guys were kind of doing this countryish. Started, started to have that feel with Meat Puppets too, and so that kind of I think inspired the the jamboree part or whatever, you know, just being a little bit more ridiculous and and not uh, taking things all so seriously. Even though I think the ultimate result was was transcendent. Definitely, know? And, you know, I mean, it's one of the strange things that that's, that's always kind of confounded me about humankind is is their willingness. I mean, there's a lot of fucking people anymore, you know. I, I heard an interesting st- statistic the other day that from like zero bc you know whenever we started keeping the roman calendar or whatever to like it you know to put a couple of hundred million people on the planet took like centuries you know and now it happens in like fucking six weeks or something you know and it, so it's definitely there's a lot of people but i mean people's willingness to fucking you know fit into this one particular kind of a shape you know and to go along with these particular kind of conceptions of what it is to to be you know and not, not that that matters but i mean we're doing a fucking podcast here Bill talked me into this, you know, so here I am blathering away and, you know, but I mean, Blather it's, is, but, is what it's about. Blather, <laughs> baby. You got the opportunity. Blather, baby. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and it's, it's always, always a little confounding to me in a way, you know, and I always kind of came up against that as an, as a, you know, a musician that, you know, uh, that there were these constrictions, you know, that there was these, these agreed upon, like, points that you know you know this is what it is to be a fucking person now yeah. you know and i was also really conscious of the, the like the the uh of the uh like the temporal uh part of it all you know how it like happens to be now you know now we wear ties as opposed to fucking wigs you know what i mean that kind of crap you know right and you know and it just i don't know it's just all the buzzkill you know, and to, and to fucking wind up out in the fucking desert, fucking stoned out of my fucking gourd, getting to turn the lights off and fucking play a little fucking bit of music with my brother in the dark, in the desert. It was a goddamn treat. Thank you very much for that, Stuart. Well, All right. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that about wraps it up. So. Cool. Thanks so much, Stuart, for coming by. Uh, do you have any idea when your movie might be like South oh, by Southwest 2016? Or? Yeah, that sounds good. What's that? Is that next year? Yeah, okay, a year and a half from now. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll shoot for that. Um, I, I mean, I know sometimes you know projects take longer than than you think, but um, that would be that'd be very cool if I can get all the interviews done this year. I think by you know sometime next year I could have it all edited and you know uh, yeah, I, um, I'm we'll psyched to be doing on, it. We'll have you back on our, our amazing fucking <laughs> podcast Wonderland when for the uh, premiere. All right. It, yeah, maybe another desert show in the future. Oh, let's do it. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's see, that would be up. amazing. Get yeah. the same bands. Oh, you know, Kurt and I are still absolutely down. Well, actually, I mean? yeah. Well, that would kind of clinch it, it if it you might, guys want to do it. It might be, yeah. be kind of tough to get Sonic Youth right now, but... Sonic Youth maybe, but the fucking puppets well, are down. Somebody could fill in for Red Cross, I'm sure, is down. All right, well, thank you so much, and that's a wrap. Cool. Podcast number, fuck you, done. Today's show was recorded at Winslow Court Studios in Hollywood, California. Many a hand has scaled the grand old face of the plateau.
Texas Greenland and the sunset land.